The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Kelby Buckaloo. Kelby is a Reiki master and professional tarot and oracle reader. We talk about her journey of becoming a death doula, how she helps cross people and animals over, and an experience that shook her to the spiritual core that kickstarted one of her spiritual awakenings. She specializes in services such as intuitive crystal readings. She is also the owner of a small business, Blessed by the Creek, which will be changing its name on July 22nd, 2022, to Rising from Ashes. Helby, I am so thrilled to be here with you today and talk about your incredible journey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's super exciting to be here and I can't wait to see where we go. I would love to start with hearing about the amazing things that you do these days. Okay, so I am diving a lot into what we call death dueling. Um, this is going to be um, one of my new services for my new business, we are closing down Blessed by the Creek and we are opening Rising from Ashes. And so I'm really focused on that. And anybody that doesn't know what Jeff Dueling is, it is basically a midwife for the dying, to put that gently. <laughs> and basically what I do is I go into the person's soul and I tell them what's going on. If they already know, great. And I'm there to basically assist them over the threshold or the veil or whatever you want to call it, the other side. Basically just assist them in whatever they need in the beginning stages of their new life um, on the other side. And it's super fun. I have, I've learned a lot about it. And so I'm kind of taking that road and I am also a Reiki master. So I've been doing some, some good healings and stuff. It's, it's been fun. I've been experimenting with Reiki as well um, and different types of Reiki. Um, I've been guided to do several different types, but I don't know what they are yet. So that is an interesting thing that I am being faced with at the moment. 
And I'm not doing as much crystal work as I was in the beginning when I first opened Blessed by the Creek, but I do do intuitive crystals, crystal bags. Um, so I still do that. I just don't know as much. There are a couple things that you said that I would love to dive a little bit deeper on. The first one is, what do you mean by, I know you're not doing it as much, but what do you mean by intuitive crystal bags? Is that what you said? What do we mean by Yes. That? So intuitive crystal bags is where I go into your energy and I choose intuitively crystals that are strictly for you and for your soul's journey and what you need in your personal healing. And that ranges from three to six crystals per bag. And they are amazing. I've been told they get blessed um, with angelic energy as well as well as um, I'm going to start infusing them with Reiki as well. They're very interesting. (laughs) That is amazing. I've never heard of that before. But what a beautiful process. How did you even get into doing that? So one day I just said, I'm going to open a crystal store. And I did. (laughs) And as soon as I did, all of these new things started coming to me. I started intuitively choosing merchandise for it. And one day, something inside of me just said, pick a a couple of crystals intuitively for this person. And it just worked. And I was like, slightly blown away. And I was like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And the little voice goes, well, yeah. (laughs) So it was a very interesting start. That is so cool. Gosh, I would I wish uh, I could go into one of those crystal stores and have someone do that for me because there, first of all, there are so many crystals out there. And I feel yeah. like each crystal does multiple things. So it's such an overwhelming process yeah. to be able to break it down to where here, these are the ones you need for you yeah. specifically. How wonderful is that? So, so do you still offer that like every once in a while? Is that something that people reached out for with the transition um of the new business and stuff i have not recently made any orders so i'm just kind of sitting on the stuff that i have right now i did let intuitive crystal bag go i want to say a couple of weeks ago someone ordered one from me and she loved it it was a six crystal bag and i got great reviews on it it was wonderful is this through etsy or something like that Okay, so I do online. It's on Facebook. Um, All you have to do to make an order on Facebook is just message me or the page. I also do orders off of Instagram. Um, So all you have to do is just message the page there. Oh, that's nice. That's that's super easy. Yes. Um, Okay, and I want to talk about the the death doula because I think that this is something that seems to be a bit more up and coming. And I only say that because I'm noticing more people talking about it slowly, but surely. And the first thing that I want to say to you is thank you so, so much for following the calling to do that work, because I can't imagine that that is easy because I feel like as humans, we avoid death. Yet here you are going into it and how wonderful it is to help the individual who's in trans transition. I mean, we do it with birth. Why not with death? It seems to make so much sense. Can you talk about how you started getting into that work? Yes. So this was actually recent that I started getting into this. And how I started getting into this was before I ever even had a name for what I was doing. 
I was passing over loved ones from my husband's side. They'd always come to me and I'd, you know, pass them over to the light. And and it, it was started intriguing me more and more. And I kept getting messages from my spirit guides. And I kept hearing Azrael, Azrael. And I, meant, I, I sat on Azrael's name for a good three months before I looked it up. And when I did, I had just had a session with an angel worker um one good friend a good friend of mine that um has like the purest connection to the angels I have ever ever seen and she gave me like this mini little reading and it was great and she goes and I I told her about the Azrael and she's like you're a death dweller and I go oh what (laughs) and she's like yes look it up and I was like okay and that is when I realized that Azrael was trying to reach out to me at that point because I was in my sleep. I was helping pass over the souls from Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, I'm actually doing this. <laughs> like, and I don't even know it because it was all in my sleep. Yeah, it was a crazy beginning to this. And I... I do it with animals too. I work as a ranch hand, um, ranch manager, and we have the place that I work at is where all the horses are brought after they're born with their mom, and they go to training, and then if they make the cut, they they don't ever come back. So it's the ranch that I work at is for the babies, the elder the elderly horses or the senior horses and the ones that had injuries early on in their career that just can't make it in the performance world so I also do that as well I it's the same exact thing with the humans you have to prep their soul make sure they're ready and send them off and just be there for them Okay, I have to ask, what is the process that what does it look like? Can you explain what it is that you're doing, what you see, what you feel, everything when you are helping to pass people over? Okay, so do you want people or animals? Because <laughs> it's, it's both. Okay, both, both, please. Okay, so let me take you back to the last animal I crossed over. This was a 1,200-pound bull. Well, not 1,200. More like 2,000-pound bull. He had been down. He has abscesses in his feet, so he couldn't really walk. And his owner was really trying to get him back on his feet and getting healthy enough. And it just, he did everything he could. And it, it was time for him. Because the owner gave me about a week. Um, he let me know that he was going to be put down that week. And so for the... The two days prior to him being put down, I would go and comfort him, connect with him, make sure that he knows what's going on because animals know. Animals are like, yeah, okay, I'm here. Let's live this life. Then we're gone. They don't have the extra emotion of the sadness and the overwhelming feeling of I'm going to die and I don't know where I'm going. The animals just have this weird sense of just knowing. So I just got down with him and I comforted him and I connected with him and just said, hey, like, you know what's going on, right? He's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. If you want to send me a last bit of healing, that's fine. 
so I did, I healed him. And at that point he was already so tired that I could just do only a little bit for him. And up to this point I had done, I had just got hired there probably a month prior to putting him down. And so I'd only had him to work on for a month and it took two weeks for me to even get close enough to touch him. And so we had two weeks worth of um, healing sessions before his passing. And basically the process of that was, I can feel it when they go. So I don't know if this is what it's like for everybody, but I, I open my heart center up and basically white light appears and they go into the light. Typical cinematic stuff. That's and, great to um, help you recognize that it's happening, I guess. Help you yes, recognize the transition. Absolutely. You know, it's it brings them a sense of peace as long as, and it also brings me a sense of peace, knowing that it's okay that they're leaving because we can still contact them. And I know that he's not hurting anymore. And it goes the same way with the humans. The humans are, I would think, it goes either way. It goes, they're terrified, they don't know they died, or they've been sick a while and they know they've died, or are dying and they have made the transition, or about to make the transition. Because I have random, I sometimes have random people come to me to cross o- be crossed over. And so I don't have to know them to be able to cross them over. And the last person that I had crossed over was actually a very strange story. It was one of my husband's cousins. My One of my best friends slash mentors had sent me this little news article on Facebook saying that there was a car accident in, in a nearby town of ours. And instantly, like, their face appeared. And like right in front of my face, I was like, nah, nah, that's not like, that's not happening. And I was in denial. Then that is when they pushed themselves and actually appeared in front of me. And I kept pushing it down and I kept pushing it down because I didn't want to acknowledge that I was right. And I knew I was right at the time. Mind you, I had had like a really, really really bad week that week too. And I was all over the place energetically. And so that was also suppressing. I was like, okay, I'll deal with it later. So about two hours go by and my husband gets the phone call and I drop, like drop my guard and everything. And long behold, the spirit comes back to me and says, yep, it's time. And So I opened that white light up and they walked across. That was because I, she was only 17. And so, yeah, that was a little, that was a little harder on me. And the fact that I knew her personally, it came with extra feeling because it's easy to be able to pass someone over that you're not necessarily connected with. You just know them. And it hits a di- way different when you know them and you've talked to them and spent time around them, you know. And that is probably, I want to say, the hardest part about this job. It's so rewarding, but it is so devastating at the same time. And you have to be able to have your emotions, your energy in check, and be able to do what needs to be done at the end of the day. Because if I didn't, or if we didn't, as 
where we are supposed to, we'd have so many souls just roaming around this earth. And that's not what we want. We want them to be able to find peace on the other side. When you saw your cousin, was it like in your mind's eye or your eyeballs? I had closed my eyes and it like appeared in front of me. Wow. Like crystal clear, huh? There was no denying it. Yeah. That's amazing. It almost sounds like the work chose you, Kelby, and you have no choice (laughs) but to do it. I know I started this off with like, it's such a hard job and like, not everybody wants to face death and here you are, no choice. (laughs) But So thank you even more for, you know, showing the courage to do it because, wow. You're right. It is very rewarding. I did look into doing a little bit of crossing over work myself and I was able to do it remotely for for a friend for her house because there was some activity. She asked me to do a scan mm-hmm. and I saw something. I saw a little boy and so I did that for her and it felt really good to be able to, to help with that. Uh, I'm yep. curious, have you ever considered doing work where you cross over um, spirits who may be inhabiting a location they're not meant to? So I actually have gotten rid, this what I call gotten rid of, um, some more haunted things um, along the darker side of things. But I honestly choose not to deal with the darker side of things. If I notice that there's some activity that's, you know, not really... It's just posing a threat, but it's not like out to kill anybody, you know, um, or possess anybody. I will cross spirits over like that as well. It's the work calls to me and I'm, I just, I'm a happy follower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. So you had mentioned that you get these intuitive hits. Uh, Who do you believe is on the other side of that intuition for you? The universe. (laughs) My higher self, the universe, my guides. And anything and everything that is greater than I, I, I can't even answer that question with just one thing. Like I've thought about this question and thought about this question over the years of being an awoke soul. And every single time I'm just like the universe, God, I, I don't know anything that like, <laughs> you it has know? your best interest, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I think that's great. I think it's so important not to limit it because it's so limitless. That's how I feel too. Now you have mentioned your guides and I work very closely with my spirit guide. His name is Jason. So I would love to hear about your relationship with your guide or guides uh, and how it started and and how you guys have worked together. Okay. So I don't even remember when I got my spirit guides. I think they were... When I started picking up tarot cards, actually, which would have been the summer of 2018 or 19, I can't not remember off the top of my head right now, they really just came to me and they're more of like an intuitive read. Like I can hear them and I can see them if I go up in dimension and sit where they are. It's very, it's very weird. I don't have a normal relationship with my spirit guides like everybody else does. It's very, don't bother me unless like you, I need your help. <laughs> Wait, you to contact. you to them? Don't bother me until I need you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course they don't listen. <laughs> but yes, so I, I don't 
anybody, I work uh, really, really closely with the angels. Um, my spirit guides are really the the ones that just help me with my intuition. They definitely have a big part of my intuition and guiding me that way. And it's just, that's how it works for us. It works. Like, I don't have to have them here to be able to talk to them. They They just know and I know and... It's all great knowing. <laughs> I know. Well, what's that's so beautiful. Like, you know, there are so many different entities out there. And honestly, it doesn't even matter. It's what we want to call them, right? It's whatever. Yes. Whoever needs to come and help us will come. So you had mentioned um, an awakening. Can you explain yes. what your awakening looked like, whether it was subtle or whether it was abrupt <laughs> and profound? I, I would also be curious to know what life looked like for you before your awakening. Okay. Oh gosh. So I always tell people I have had more than one awakening in this life. There was a point in my life where I suppressed everything. I, so to speak, went to the dark side for a little bit. And so I'm going to tell you about the the awakening that I had shortly before coming here to Oklahoma. And I was still living in Idaho So this last awakening that I had, I was working for a horse trainer in Idaho, and I didn't really know about energy back then. I had a best friend that I didn't even know. She'd been my best friend for like two years at this point, a year and a half-ish. And she was energetic, and her and I are actually like this close. We're super close we've actually shared past lives together and she tried talking to me about energy and like witchy things, but I was 19 at the time and my brain was on other things than things like this. I was just not, I wasn't ready for it. So I was working with this horse trainer and long behold, she turned out to have pushed me in more of an energetic way than I probably will ever know. But there was, right before I left Idaho, I was supposed to, I was going to South Dakota for the summer. And I started making decisions based off my gut. And I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that when I went with my gut, things went the right way. I didn't have any disasters. Um, because back then I had a lot of disasters in life. Oh, no. <laughs> Fast forward... I ended up making an intuitive decision about moving to Oklahoma. All of my family, besides my dad and my stepmom, live in Idaho and Washington. I was determined to make a life for myself in the horse world. And so I found myself in Oklahoma. I'd always said I wanted to go down south, and I did. And it's unfortunately 1,400 miles away from home. And that was something that I had to deal with. And through that, it it just kind of everything just started lining up. I met this girl that I worked for. We became really good friends. And right then and there, my energetic, like a new energetic awakening started happening. I don't know if, if you've ever noticed, but when you put your person and you in the same room and you have that electrical flow, that is that's how we were. And it just bam, 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 after awakening, after awakening. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, there was one night that, one night specifically, and I love telling this story because it's really trippy. And living in the moment, 
if I would have gone back now, I wouldn't have been as terrified because I know of everything now. But there was this one night where she had went off and I don't remember why she was going off to take a walk in the woods, but I'm sure something happened or something. And ever since I got there, everybody in the house said, do not go into the woods alone at night. After the sun goes down, just don't. Like, not alone. And I was always like, why? Like, that's just like, am I going to go out there and get murdered by like a raccoon or something? Well, I was living there for about two months and I figured out why. The girl went and walked in the woods and then one of my friends went after her. And about 20 minutes go by and I'm standing around outside and I start hearing brush. Like someone is moving very fastly at a very, very fast pace. And I hear them calling and I call back and (laughs) they are freaking out, out of air by the time that, like, they get back out of the woods. And, I mean, they were running full speed, chirping over briars and their own feet. And I'm like, what is going on? Are y'all, like, getting chased by a cougar or something? And I started tripping out a little bit because I'm like, these two are freaking out. I'm gonna start freaking out. (laughs) And we ended up, one of them looks at me and they look at the other person and they go, do you feel that? And I look at them and I'm like, do you feel what? (laughs) Right. And then all of a sudden I started feeling this weird, funny feeling. It didn't feel good. It was very dark and heavy. And we ended up getting in the horse trailer in this little tiny living quarters, no more than five by five, literally like this thing could not be more than five foot wide and five foot long. And that's when it really hit. This feeling was like trying to take over me. I, my chest, I couldn't breathe. I felt like there was a million bricks on top of me. I kept asking what was going on and I'm hyperventilating over there because like I'm freaking out, can't breathe. Like I'm getting this weird sensation I've never felt before. That's when it happened. The trailer, mind you, we're in the trailer. Nobody is outside. Everybody else in the house has gone to bed for the night. The trailer shakes like something or someone was very big and like pushed the trailer just one time. It just went swayed one time and that was it. I'm like at the verge of having a heart attack (laughs) at this point because I'm way beyond gone and they're trying to calm me down. Poor, Bless their hearts. They're trying to just like try and get me to not freak out when I'm. Well, how are they not freaking out though? (laughs) This isn't the first time that this has happened. Okay. (laughs) They uh, they were experiencing. They've experienced multiple things on this level, and being the newbie, of course, I had never experienced anything this dark before. Then we hear this these like large footsteps alongside the trailer and we hear this very 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 loud sniff smell literally right outside the door and something knocked i was gonna say bear until you said knock (laughs) yeah it knocked it knocked on the side of the trailer so at that point everyone is like shh stop talking like stop breathing (laughs) just stop moving (laughs) 
I, it ended up turning out there was this, um, there's these two extra large lumberjack men, demonic spirits that were roaming the property and they had these like extra large cougar and wolf things with them. And that was the smell, the, the sniffing sm- sound that we had set, heard earlier in the trailer. And it was all starting to make sense. And after that, that was it. I was gone. I dove head first into anything and everything that I could get my hands on, whether it be the internet, um, us sitting up late at night with my mentor and just talking about spiritual stuff. Later on, several years down the road, I had learned that I had an overreactive heart chakra. Yeah, so when your your heart chakra is overspinning, it basically makes you, like, just dive straight into things. And I mean, I was deep. And that's all, I, it was to the point that I, that was all I would talk about. Like, I wouldn't talk about anything else unless it was spiritual or it was about a ghost or energy or seeing an aura like so yeah that was um the very last time and it just kind of took off from there over the last several years I've been learning the tricks and the trade of the industry and of my own gifts and just kind of following my own intuition on the whole ordeal and you know I've taken classes and courses and I have my certificate for Reiki but not I just I get more out of my own intuition by doing it myself I like that you said it that way because it's not always cookie cutter. That's just all of this is so based on individuality. Um, Okay, but I can't. (laughs) We got to go back to (laughs) this crazy experience that you had. Um, How did you how did you know that that's what those spirits were? So I was told um, by both of them, because when you see out of your third eye, you you have the ability to see them. But I also um, got very big into astral projection. As we all, we all started out super small and mine was always a, I started out as a rat. And then once I got strong enough to be able to manage something bigger, I went out as something else. And then I was able to leave the house. And when I left the house, if I didn't have somebody with me, there's this one time I used to love being a chihuahua. I actually got about this, about probably four inches, nose to nose, with this cougar. I literally, I was um, sleeping under one of these trees on the astral plane. Not sleeping, but I was just enjoying the energies from the astral plane. And I get up, and I literally am staring at this, like, six-foot, 12-foot-long cougar thing. And so, yes, that was definitely validation that they were very right on what they were talking about. So what do you mean by as a rat and then a chihuahua? I just thought it meant you, your spirit just goes and travels and visits places and comes back. How do the animals yeah, so come that, in? Yeah, that also, that's also astral projection. So how I was taught to astral project was you start out with something I couldn't hold my soul, so I couldn't hold my for my human form on the astral plane when I first started to learn how to astral project, and so I was it was given brought to me to have to start smaller, so like an animal 
like a rat. And so when I was able to hold a rat for more than 10 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes, and be able to run around the house and then hop back in my body, I was able to transition to something bigger. And that was a fox or it was a chihuahua and then it was a fox. And so as I made my way up into bigger things, I was then able to hold my astral body, which is my physical form. So when you were kind of resting under that tree and you saw that this cougar type of animal in front of you, that was the cougar animal that was in the forest with, oh, got it. Okay. Yes. Okay. And yeah. and it just kind of came to you almost like a, like a claircognizance or clairsentience that, that was related to the 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 spirits that that created that experience for you is that how you knew how'd you get those answers so it was a very of uh, that was a very visual visual thing so when i astro project i see out of their eyes like you normally would and so when my body leaves i'm seeing i don't i have my eyes closed on my physical body so i see what they see and that is how that came about. I see. Okay. So you went back to visit that those woods as this yes. animal. Got it. Okay. And that's how you came yes. sort of face to face with that creature. Yes. <laughs> and just sort of intuitively knew it was related to that experience and those spirits that caused that havoc. Yes. They, they have a very specific energy. Everything has a specific energy. You know that energy. It, it sticks with you, even though I was just becoming aware of energy. It still was one of those energies that, oh, I know what this is. It didn't feel good. And then you see it. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, oh, okay, I should probably run home now. <laughs> Seriously. So because you, uh, you know, encountered more negativity in spirit world. Have you learned some good like protective practices? Yes, actually I have. And that has been something that I have been working more on um, in the recent days as well. I used to protect my energy with a basic energy energetic bubble. But now I have over the years, I've learned some tricks and trades to protecting that energy and really being able to feel safe in that in your own protective bubble. Oh, that's good. I mean, I feel like I know when I started my whole spiritual journey, I call it spiritual awakening number two. And uh, for protection for me was important, um, but not because I had an experience like you. I think if that were the case, I probably would have not do not dove into it at all. I don't know what I would do, but um, yes. Yeah, so protection, I know, can be really important for lots of people who are new to all this. Yes. And there's just, I mean, we're dealing with an unseen world. So I think that that's a exactly. great, great practice. And also, um, you know, great to hear your your experience that you have a lot of times we talk about all the beautiful things of spirit world <laughs> but i think it's important to hear about the experiences that how do i put this lightly teach us a lot and grow us in other ways uh and it's not always rainbows and butterflies and unicorns like people do have real experiences like that yes Obviously it happened to you, I would say, because it was, it was part of your journey, right? It was part of your process. Yes. 
Not everybody will experience things like that. I know I have not yet in my journey. I hope not to, but I, my guides know very well that what I can handle and what I, what I can't. Um, but yeah, I, exactly. I do know some, I think it's important for people to also speak up about those experiences because it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Uh, it, you know, just like people who have near death experiences and they go to where they think is hell and they don't want to tell anybody because it's like, oh, my God, I'm a bad person. I don't want people to know I'm a bad person. And I saw hell. Yeah. I didn't see heaven. So anyway, um, thank you for sharing that because I think it's really important Absolutely. to see both sides of it. Um, so this has been such an amazingly fascinating conversation. And I would love to have you back on when the time comes and you've got your next business up and running and you um, can share more of the death doula experiences with us. I think that that would be really fascinating because I hear things about like deathbed visions and shared near death experiences or shared death experiences, just really interesting things that are possible. Don't always happen. I understand that. But um, just to not make it so taboo anymore. The, the death, you know, you know, we're, yep. we're so f fearful of death and, um, but it's birth yes. that actually, why, why do we cry? You know, we cry yes at birth because we need to take in that air. But uh, I have heard that people do not want to relive their births. Uh, they'd rather re relive their, their deaths. So take that for what you want. Um, but I was wondering to close, if you wouldn't mind giving us a timeless reading. I know you do tarot and oracle readings uh, professionally as well. Um, so if you wouldn't mind giving yes. us a timeless reading of whatever feels good to you for the listener for whenever they're meant to listen. Yes. So I'm going to pull a card out of my Lover's Path Tarot. And the card that came out is Triumph, Upside Down. So really what is going on with these new energies right now is we're evolving as energetic beings. We are put in these crazy new energies. Like we just had the flower moon um, that came with a lunar eclipse. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> and all of these other celestial Gorgeous. Events. It was gorgeous. So really yes. I saw pictures of it. I was not able to, we had a storm above us that was spanned pretty bad, pretty wide. So um, I did see pictures of it and it was gorgeous. So as of right now, we're all kind of, we're shifting and we're turning and we're, we're in the state of having to really make the choices. What do we want? Do we want the new life or do we want the old life? Because the new life is, is going to be amazing. It's going to be bright. It's going to be whatever, like anything and everything we could ever dream of. And we're teetering. Some people may be teetering right now. And, you know, it is a very, very important to know that go with your gut. Give yourself the self-love. Give yourself the time that you need to get away from others. This is the time for self-reflection. With the way that we're evolving, the way that we're tuning into this new energy that has been sent to us, we have to give ourselves the time of day to allow ourselves to selves to just be. So that is the wrap up for the reading. I hope everybody enjoys and um, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. That was really, really great. Very helpful because I know many of us want to make sure we make the right decisions. And sometimes we just need a little extra push to do so. So thank you so much. Yeah. And Kelby, thank you so much for your time this evening and for sharing your amazing stories, amazing journey. Mm -hmm. And 
just really thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that we uh, were able to do this. And I really do look forward to doing it again with you. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.